your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the How you all doing? That was a lukewarm Los Angeles response to an inquiry about your own existence. How you all doing? I know, I'm not Cameron and Rhea. They are for sure cooler than me. Um, but I'm a very good replacement. I'm a gay black man. It's a fun variation. <laughs> I've been aggressively gay this year, if you couldn't tell by my shorts. Uh, I, uh, was very, I was a very docile neighborhood homosexual for decades. But now that we're in Trump's America, I was like, you know what? No one deserves your niceties ever again. So now when I go to the movie theater and I see two straight dudes do that buffer seat, I sit right in the middle. And then I pull out my phone and I start watching hardcore gay porn. If you're going to call it the gay seat, I'm going to make it the gayest seat in the goddamn country. <laughs> I have been aggressively gay. I can't help it. Um, this year started off a little rough for me, honestly. Uh, I started off with a breakup. Um, I did the breaking up because, look at me, who'd ever leave? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I actually broke up with him uh, via text. And I'm glad you guys are cool. Usually I get one, mmm. <laughs> I'm very glad that you guys have met somebody that sucked enough that you decided not to see them face to face. Because I have done I did that. I did it. And I feel good about it. I feel so good about it. I plan on breaking up with everyone via text now. It is amazing. You're just free of them immediately. You should do what I did. Break up with them via text. Get really high on Molly. Go to a Kesha concert. And then block them on Instagram. It's, it's a perfect combination. I look forward to breaking up with it. Like, like, I'm even looking forward to divorcing via text. It is... It's like, I told you not to wash my sister's sister mug in the goddamn dishwasher. Get out of my house! <laughs> Keeping half of your things. And it's going to be... Oh. Because I'm 37, and I know I look great for my age. Thank you. I... <laughs> I, um... But, I, like, this here's the thing when you're getting older, which I do love more than anything in the world. It is hands down. If you are getting older, please get into it, because it's fantastic. I couldn't recommend it more, because you stop. Like, every day you get older, you, you get introduced to a new thing that you used to give, care so much about that you don't give a fuck about anymore. And it's the most powerful feeling in the world. Like, you have no idea. I, I'm at a place where I'm so comfortable, I'll claim my farts in elevators. <laughs> I'll claim other people's farts. What are they going to do? Tell on me? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't have a principle anymore. We can do what we want. Like, I'm so comfortable now that I'm just like, if I drop something on the ground and I can't pick it up with my toes, it belongs to the ground. <laughs> I'm done bending over. <laughs> Getting older is so fantastic. I love, it's like, that's why we wrinkle as we age. We're finally, our skin is finally relaxing. We're just... <laughs> Just getting comfortable with ourselves. Like, I'm at the place where I'm even looking forward to impotence. Oh my God, that sounds so amazing. My penis has been a nuisance ever since puberty. I look forward to its demise. 
I'm gonna bury it in the goddamn yard. I'm gonna go buy a moo. I'm gonna put on that moo. Then I'm gonna get a rascal scooter and I'm gonna side settle that thing to the buffet every single day. Are you kidding? My rings, my, I will have so many, like to the tip tops of my fingers, rings galore. And just the most amount of bangles. And anklets, you'll never see these amazing legs ever again. Just so many anklets. I will be this jingly wind chime of a black Dom DeLuise going to Shakey's every morning. I look forward to it. It's the best sexist life I've ever wanted. I'm even, I'm even looking forward to dying alone. That's how excited I am. So many people afraid of dying alone. I have no idea why. I'm far more afraid of dying next to so many people. There are, like somebody eating a bowl of cereal. That would ruin my death. Are you kidding me? Just a clank clank of the ceramic, the slurping milk sound. You don't love anyone in your life to sit there silently while they eat a bowl of cereal. You will divorce them via text on the spot. You will not. Or like dying next to like what, a black Republican? That would, oh my God, so too many questions. I. <laughs> will come back as a ghost. That's unfinished business. <laughs> I just want to die alone in a room full of wicks that I named. It is just brushing <laughs> and stroking away to the last moment. That's how I want to go. I do want to die alone, but I don't want to die soon. Um, so I've been getting healthier. I have. I started going to the gym. <sighs> what a terrible place to go. It is just, it's just a weird, like we pay such a large amount of money to see the weird way other people choose to sweat. And you'll never be the weirdest person. It is high competition for that. Like every, like every time I think I've embarrassed myself, a man in a full business suit just works out right next to me. <laughs> just power squatting in dress slacks and sh dress shoes. And I'm like, I guess this is happening right now. <laughs> but no place is worse than the gym locker room. Oh my God, that is where the most disgusting person will be nude the longest and the closest to you. You'll just be tying your shoes and testicles will just unfurl. <laughs> You're like, do I need to kick them over? Is that the nice thing to do? And I, um, I was recently in the gym locker room and the gentleman right behind me um, put his t-shirt on first. <laughs> not his underwear not even his socks he put his t-shirt on first and once you get to that point in your life you need to immediately register as a sex offender because what got you there where you think it's okay to just Donald Duck it in front of a bunch of other individuals so he put his t-shirt on first. And instead of putting the remainder of his clothes on, he um, proceeded to pull out a grocery bag from his locker and then ate the juiciest strawberries <laughs> directly behind me. I didn't know that was a social contract you can break. <laughs> I didn't think I had to turn around and look into another adult's eyes and go, excuse me, sir. You either have to put on some goddamn underwear or stop eating strawberries directly behind my neck.
And then he looked at me and was like, uh-uh, I'm being aggressively gay this year. And I was like, touche, go for a girl. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Shine on, diamond. <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, I, um, I was recently walking through the park and I saw a white gentleman in cornrows uh, beatboxing. Um, so I called the cops on him. <laughs> if we're going to get the cops called on us for being black in public, I'm for sure calling the cops on you guys for trying to be black in public. <laughs> and guess what? I sound like the most upset white woman on the phone. They're going to come. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Is this is this has anyone been to the show before? Is anybody this who's first time? I'm I'm trying to pretend that I can see into the audience, but this light is blaring. And <laughs> you're all so, so who's the first times? Oh, okay, oh, so you've been first time here? Yep. What brought you to the show? Visiting. Visiting? Yeah. Are you visiting home? L.A. was your home and you left? Yeah. Where'd you go? D.C. D.C.? That sounds cooler. <laughs> I'm Ethiopian, so I'm a big fan of D.C. Ethiopian re- I don't eat Ethiopian restaurants in L.A. Uh, because there's like four of them and they cater to white people. But in D.C. there's enough where they make them specifically for Ethiopians and that's why I love eating there. So I'm want- you want to take me back with you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but why did you move? Why did you move? Well, that's respectable. You think I'd have more jokes, but no. I just want to have a conversation. I'm at home all day by myself. <laughs> this is the first time I've talked to anyone today. <laughs> anyone else first time on the show? First time seeing the show? Right here? Nasi was being very quiet. And you're, did you say anything? Is your first time? You guys are friends? You're so far away from each other. There's literally... Oh my goodness, come on over. You don't have to stand in the corner. That is so sweet of you. <laughs> Joyce, is your first time on the show, seeing the show as well? Man, I'm so sorry. You guys didn't get the regular hosts. Uh, <laughs> the dynamic duo. Uh, it's just me. Um, what brought you, are you guys visiting or do you live here? You live here? You don't. I love your accent, by the way. I used to have one myself. And then the American education system beat it out of me. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, I, they would not let me out of ESL until I dropped my accent. Uh, and that's why I got into theater. Because whenever I projected my voice, the accent went away. And honestly, there's no jokes. I just wanted to talk to somebody. Fair <laughs> that. <laughs> Where are you visiting from? I'm You're Norwegian? Ooh. That's a fun place that has a better government than us. Uh, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> but all right, so you're just visiting for how long? Um, for five weeks. Oh, that's perfect. Um, in Europe, they're capable of taking longer vacations because they have <laughs> a great uh, governments and uh, <laughs> great health care uh, and. A lot of better things than us. Um, I recently became a U.S. citizen, and honestly, that's my fault. Uh, 
I had the option of leaving, but it's like, you know, I've worked on this relationship for so long, I just don't want to leave it when it's down. Um, but I, the, I became a citizen last week. I did the whole ceremony thing, and you have to see, A, you have to see, thank you, well, don't congratulate me. I, it was really begrudgingly. Uh, <laughs> it's, and also, it's like, it's not that much to congratulate, because I just went from immigrant to a black person, like, still a black person, so I'm still a second-class citizen, so it's like, like what did I win? Not much. Uh, <laughs> Um, but when I went out, there's actually uh, both uh, Democrats. There's always there's a booth of Democrats and there's a booth of Republicans when you walk out. The Republican booth, empty. Uh, <laughs> however, when I walked by, the uh, gentleman, uh, uh, he said, did you just become a citizen? I was like, yes. Uh, how long did the process take? And I was like, oh, about a year. And then he's like, well, I'm glad he did it the right way. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be stealing all of his jobs until... <laughs> You know, I don't care what they are, how bad they are. I'm just going to steal them from him uh, and live up to my promise to this country, which is make life harder for white people. Uh, <laughs> actually, I watched The Quiet Place today, and that was a phenomenal film. 10 out of 10. Honestly, I want to watch any movie where white people get killed if they talk too much. <laughs> I do love being black. I, that's one thing I love more than anything. That's one thing I'll always rep. Uh, I love being black so much. Uh, and my favorite part, not wearing sunscreen, hands down. Uh, don't know what that stuff does at all. What is SPF? Is that just, I don't know. I don't, I'll never find out. That's why I love when old white guys don't believe in climate change because I'm like, good. And that's not a situation that black people will die in first. Global warming. <laughs> We're the most adept. <laughs> it's only it's only gonna make more black people, honestly. I think that's how you can get them to believe in climate change. If you're like more black people, like what? <laughs> Shut down the coal mines, put solar panels and everything. Why did you say that first? <laughs> Instead of that stupid science stuff. And I obviously, I'm a big fan of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it is a necessary thing to focus on so many social injustices that are occurring in our country right now. And what sucks is that when people hear Black Lives Matter, they assume what's being said is that Black Lives Matter more than white lives, which is not the point of that social movement in any way, shape, or form. However, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean when I say it personally. <laughs> There's so much evidence. Um, we look good in every color. Uh, the sun still not trying to murder us uh, specifically. <laughs> you know, the thing that gives everything life. Um, and in 240 years, we were only allowed to be president one time. And we were the best president in the history of the entire country. <laughs> and you guys are, are you guys all set for the rest of the show now? Are you guys pumped to bring up your next comedian? I love your next performer so much. She has been such a joy. I've known her for years now, and every time, every set of hers is an absolute delight. Please give it up for the one and only Heather Thompson. Thank you. Give it up for Solomon. Isn't he just the smartest, most beautiful, elegant man I've ever met? 
I told him when I was like, he was like, what do you want me to say? And I'm like, I don't know, just fix my self-esteem. <laughs> just something when I get home tonight, I don't care that my stretch mark cream isn't working. Just, <laughs> just, a, just a short order, no pressure. Um, I'm, I'm doing this thing I call trying. Anybody else? Anybody else just showing up for life with a little bit of effort? Um, haven't always been the type to try, especially with my appearance. Like, I grew up in Maine, and uh, Mainers aren't a very vain people. Like, there, if you lose a tooth, you don't fix it unless an eating tooth. <laughs> like, if it has a purpose, yeah, you pop it back in with some duct tape, and you go back to your chowder, your baked potato. But otherwise, like, why even bother, you know? Like, we grew up down the street from this clothing store where everything was made entirely out of polar fleece, including formal wear. You know that kind of stuff? Where, like, you would swear your aunt was in pajamas if she hadn't added, like, a brooch just so, you know? And you're like, okay, those aren't pajamas. But this was the part that cracked me up the best. It was called cat wear, clothing for the independent woman. <laughs> in case you're wondering, she was going through a divorce. I was like... Were you an independent woman before or after you started wearing polar fleece everywhere? Chicken or an egg kind of a thing. But now I live in L.A. and God, people try here. Even if it's, you know, they're like professionally hot. Even if it's like Land's End catalog, look how good I look in the sweater vest next to this Labrador hot. It's still like a lot, you know? Like I, I tried tonight. Like I've got my wedges on, which are my favorite shoe for a woman because they say, I want to be sexy, but I know I'm unstable. <laughs> I'm cute, but I'm going to be a real mess later. I'm going to need that base. <laughs> this bra has a wire in it, not like the sports bra I usually wear to go get frozen yogurt. I have paint on my face. I'm hoping maybe later I go out, somebody buys me a hot dog, some chicken tenders. I don't know. I don't try to get free drinks anymore. I'm in my 30s now. I want meat. I want sustenance. I want something to keep me sharp and be a challenge for you. I'm not making this easy anymore. I don't know why I insist on doing this, but I guess I should tell you all, it's not even all my own hair. <laughs> Some of it's mine, but a lot of it, no. I don't know why I insist on popping it out in public. It's just hilarious to write for the, wait for the intimate moment with a new suitor and just pop it out and go, I promise I'm not sick, nor do I live by a chemical plant. <laughs> Which just makes you sound like you live by a chemical plant and your hobby is drinking the water. <laughs> I can, you know, for years I didn't try it all and I was just like a good responsible woman. I was the kind of woman who would memorize your food allergies on a first date. No walnuts, no problem. You'll live with me, you know? <laughs> Nobody gets wet or hard for that. Do you know what I have in my car? A first aid kit, yeah. Do I have earthquake insurance? Of course I do. We live in Southern California. Where are your boners? Do you know what I have in my purse? Lotion, Purell, chapstick, eye drops. I am the Mary Poppins of personal lubrication. Why aren't you coming? I have Kleenex and snacks in there if you did. People are practical. I always want to argue practically. I don't want to be like, listen, I have a sturdy build and almost always wear sensible shoes in a crisis or God forbid the apocalypse. I can pick you up, throw you over my shoulder and start running. <laughs> don't you get it? I am the Volvo of women. I am Swedish and you are always safe with me. <laughs> you. you know what they say though? Volvo in the streets, Ferrari in the sheets, am I right? I know this isn't how you have sex, by the way. I know you don't bat the person away from you while you scoot backwards, but 
Mama raised a tease, you know. Just, just the kind of girl who's a member of two book clubs and likes a light fingering on major holidays, and that's it, you know. Just, just that gentle poke that says, hey you, it's Christmas, but nothing to tucker you out before fireworks or presents. <laughs> I did try and find uh, porn one night, and I'd never done it before, and I was like, I was lost. <laughs> I was lost on the internet. I just sat down at the keyboard, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm into. And without thinking, I started to type in, hot people that care about me. <laughs> and Google had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. Do you know what it feels like to be too weird a pervert for Google? For Google to not have your thing, they were like, did you mean hot people that come on you? And I was like, no, Google, you're not listening. It's like, you have everything. You have people that dress up like squirrels and go to the bathroom on each other, and you don't have my thing? You can't find someone with strong shoulders saying, hey, is your car still making that noise? I don't want you breaking down late at night. I am am currently alone, and I'm going to talk about it in a metaphor about birds, because I'm that kind of artsy bitch. Um... So I know we all get sucked in by clickbait. I do a lot. This is not where it gets embarrassing. Mine is frequently about birds. That's my Achilles heel. And now my like feed knows me, so it's like all birds and Spanx ads. <laughs> and I see this article the other day that says, Nigel, saddest bird ever. And I was like, oh, that's my wheelhouse. Okay. So... What happened was these scientists were trying to start a new colony of birds, and so they built all these fake concrete birds and screwed them in all over this island, you know, in the hopes that real birds would fly by and be like friends, you know? Like if a bar filled itself with mannequins and just hoped a drunk was like a party, you know? (laughs) First, they only got one. They got Nigel. But Nigel stayed. He built a life. He took a lover. He chose one of the concrete birds, and he was devoted to it. He nestled beside it every night. He, he built a nest for the two of them. He plucked at its feathers, which must have really hurt. Now, here's where it gets sad. Eventually, other real live birds came and joined the island, but Nigel would have nothing to do with them. He was devoted to his cold, inanimate, unavailable lover, and he died by its side. And all this is to say, I allowed my heart to get broken by an adult on a skateboard this year. (laughs) So I get you, Nigel. I understand everything, Nigel. Just loving a 40-year-old who has a pile of surfboards where a kitchen table's supposed to be. (laughs) It's so hard to spot red flags when the person doesn't own anything. (laughs) Did you finally get hand towels for the bathroom, or is that them? It's so easy for people on skateboards to be emotionally unavailable. They can just roll right away from you. I just feel like I'm standing there going, no, come back, Amy. Oh, spoiler alert, M. Night Shyamalan twist, it was a woman. I found the one emotionally unavailable, commitment-phobic lesbian. It was like she wanted to get a U-Haul but put nothing in it and just drive away from me. All right, guys, that's my time. Thank you so much. You're delightful. Please give it up. Thompson, everyone, one more time, give her some love. Are you guys excited for your next performer? Because I am excited for your next performer. He has been on Conan, he has been on The Tonight Show, and honestly, has a special place in my heart. Please give it up for John Roy! Tonight Show Conan, way easier to book than a special place in Solomon's heart. It's, uh, it's the best credit. 
Uh, I am back. I was doing shows in Bloomington, Indiana at the Comedy Attic, and I'm back as of last night, and I had a good flight, which is good because I do not always have good flights. Uh, the last time I flew out of L.A., there was a medical emergency on the plane, and the guy ended up totally fine. But there was a really tense moment where the flight attendant got on the PA, and she was like, are there any doctors on the plane? And I was like, not flying spirit there's not <laughs> you're on the wrong airline for your doctor hunt it's $35 extra to get a co-pilot on a spirit flight <laughs> and I immediately felt bad for spirit flight attendants because there's never any doctors. But if they were like, are there any DJs or people taking real estate classes? <laughs> there would have been a mob scene on that plane. They're like, it's an emergency. Is anyone driving both Uber and Lyft? <laughs> they could have held tryouts. There's an expression that I do not like. Even the first time I heard it, my buddy called somebody a basic bitch. And I was like, what is that? That sounds bad. And he goes, well, that's a woman who does what everybody else does. She dresses the same. She does the same dances. She listens to the same music. I was like, okay, that might be annoying, but that's not bad enough that she should get called a basic bitch over it, especially when the male equivalent of that woman is just called a bro. <laughs> which isn't an insult. That's not fair. That's like if you saw a guy with glow sticks, and you're like, what do you call that guy? And they're like, oh, he's like an EDM kid. And you're like, what do you call his girlfriend? Drug-addicted filth. <laughs> Ooh, that's a disparity. The anti-Semites are back, or maybe they were always here, and they just got Twitter. I don't know what happened exactly. But you'd think with a long time away, they would have come up with a better argument, but it's still the same thing. You're like, well, why don't you like Jewish people? They go, because Jews love money. Doesn't everybody? Is anybody on payday going, don't give me that shit? That shit's for Jews. Pay me in fireworks. I'm glad there's a recession. A lot less Jew devil paper going around. <laughs> and then sometimes when they get caught, they say they were drunk. That's what Helen Thomas said, John Galliano, obviously Mel Gibson. Uh, I've never bought that at all because I've been drunk a ton. And never once have I been like, dude, I think those beers are kicking in. How can you tell? Kind of starting to hate the Jews. <laughs> I finished that Budweiser. They seem quite suspicious. <laughs> and you've never looked at your buddy and been like, dude, are you cool to drive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the Jews? <laughs> I think they control the media. Give me your keys. <laughs> I've never understood white supremacists because they're not proud of their ethnic heritage. They're proud of their skin color. They think that white skin is the best skin of all the skins. And it's not. I have it. It's awful. You, you, you're twice as likely to get skin cancer. I am basically made of cigarettes. 
the, if white skin was so great, how come it's the only skin where people who were born with it pay other people to paint over it? <laughs> like, if it was so great, how come there is a business on literally every corner in L.A. where you pay good money to be spray-painted Mexican? And if it was the best skin, wouldn't it be like the most popular of the sprays? They don't even make it. It's not even an option. The only options are Mexican and Beyonce. That's all they have in the whole store. Also, white supremacists don't just think that some white people are better than not white people. To really be one, you have to think that every white person is better than every not-white person, which is ridiculous on the surface. I mean, just when you acknowledge that our side starts with Honey Boo Boo, Ted Nugent, Alex Jones, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, everyone named Vanderpump, all of the Real Housewives except Atlanta, PewDiePie, Papa John, Post Malone, both Insane Clowns and their posse, the Cash Me Outside Girl, and the My Pillow Guy. And their side has the rock. <laughs> I think scary white people are the scariest people. I'll give us that. Because if I see a black guy and he scares me, and that happens sometimes, I'll be honest. But when it does, there's another voice in my head that's like, dude, that's just racism. But if you see a scary white guy, <laughs> you know. That son of a bitch is dangerous. Put your blizzard down and back out of the Dairy Queen. It's not worth it. Think about it. Who's the scariest guy in prison? The white guy. Why? Because he's guilty. Black prisoner might have been framed. Hispanic prisoner maybe couldn't afford the best lawyer. The white guy fucking did it. <laughs> they got the CSI shit out on that case. I do like living in Los Angeles. You don't hear uh, a lot of race. It's like almost surprising when you do hear racist bullshit. You're like, oh, we got those people too. Oh, good for us. Uh, I was at the Grove and these two white guys were in line behind me and the one guy goes there's so many Mexicans in this city it might as well just be a Mexican city <laughs> and I was like yeah because it was <laughs> until 1847 when we conquered it from Mexico if you don't want a city full of Mexicans don't conquer one it's not like they all left when they saw us coming. They just let us switch the flags, pretty much. They were like, we still work here, right? Yeah, put whatever you want up there. We don't give a shit. We took the whole Southwest from Mexico. We even left their name in one of the states. We called it New Mexico. You know what the new part was? Us. I'm John Roy Comic on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. John Roy, everyone. Yes. I love every single thing he said. Oh, you guys, I'm also very, I'm, I'm really excited for the whole night because this lineup is honestly one of my favorites. Um, your next performer, he's been on Seth Meyers. 
And honestly, he's an equally amazing human as he is a comedian. Please give it up for Hamid Weinberg! Miss Jones Baking Co. is proud to present the first ever microwavable cakes, cookies, and brownies in a cup. Just add water and you have a hot, delicious dessert in 30 to 40 seconds. Perfectly portion controlled at 150 to 250 calories. Feeling creative? Microwave our award-winning brownie in a cup and zap! In less than a minute, you have a warm, gooey brownie ready to top with ice cream and hot fudge. Or choose a confetti pop cake and top with fresh berries and mint for a refreshing, fresh-baked treat. Miss Jones uses organic, non-GMO ingredients in all their products without any artificial colors or flavors. Miss Jones Baking Co. baking mixes, frostings, and microwavable desserts are all developed in their hometown of San Francisco using clean and honest ingredients. The results taste just like homemade because you deserve it. Gotta say, when I first tried my Mrs. Jones cupcake from the microwave, I was skeptical, but you know what? It tasted just like my grandma used to make in only 30 to 40 seconds. She used to take a long, much longer time than that. So thanks, Miss Jones. Ready to taste the magic? Find them in the baking aisle at your local Whole Foods or use code PYHT at MissJones.co to treat yourself to two free desserts in a cup with any online purchase. That's MissJones.co and use code PYHT. Hamid Weinberg, everyone! How are we feeling? You're just excited as I am? Because there's so much more show and it just keeps getting better and better and better and better, especially with your next performer. She has an album out right now called Girlfriend at the Time. It's perfect in every way, just like she is. Please get up for Paige Weldon! Oh, thanks guys, how are you? Oh, give it up for Solomon, come on. Did you see that hug? That gave me everything I'm not getting in the rest of my life. <laughs> that one hug, that was beautiful. I am feeling really good, uh, you guys. I made a pretty big decision recently. I decided I am done telling people when they have something in their teeth. It's a thankless task. And I'm done with it. The last time I told someone they had something in their teeth, I was talking to a friend. I stopped her. I was like, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you have something right here and she of course said well why didn't you tell me sooner and I said well maybe it's because you never shut the fuck up (laughs) if you find that people are always telling you too late that you have something in your teeth maybe re-examine how often you pause (laughs) give people a chance Like me, I'll be honest, I know I never shut the fuck up. So as soon as I finish a meal, I'm like, do I have anything anywhere? No? Good, I have a story. Let's (laughs) let's do it. I've uh, I've been having this fear lately. I think I might be a bummer. What do you guys think? (laughs) Too strong of a laugh. Okay. I started worrying I might be a bummer because I realized I do this thing when anyone asks me any question. Before I answer that question, I do this. (sighs) I'm good, how are you? (laughs) That's how I answer questions. That joke will be great on the podcast. (laughs) 
really go over. <laughs> I am a bummer. My mom puts it uh, nicer. She says I'm an old soul. Anyone else ever receive this compliment? <laughs> People say it's a good thing, right? They go, oh, you're an old soul. That means you're wise beyond your years. No, if you tell me I'm an old soul, what I hear is, Paige, your soul looks tired today. Let's go out and get some rest. Maybe start moisturizing your soul. <laughs> My mom is a Jew. You're like, we know. Okay. Let me see you. Uh, my mom's a Jew, but only technically, you know, she didn't raise me with any holidays or traditions, which I always found really confusing when I was a kid. And one year I asked her around the holidays, I was like, hey, mom, if we're Jewish, why do we celebrate Christmas every year and not Hanukkah? And what she told me was, well, Paige, when I was a kid, we did celebrate Hanukkah. But then your uncle and I complained so much about not getting to celebrate Christmas that grandma and grandpa gave up on their religion. <laughs> and now we have you, our godless child. <laughs> By the way, complaining your way out of Hanukkah is the Jewiest thing <laughs> that anyone has ever done. <laughs> I do think we all have a parent we respect more than the other parent. Everyone shout theirs out. Dad! Okay. <laughs> Just me. Uh, <laughs> I do respect my dad more. Growing up when my mom would tell me to do something, I was always kind of like, well, what does Jeff think? You know, let's get him in here. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why I have so much trouble respecting my mom. I think it comes down to the fact that I know my mom has a tattoo on her lower back that says first class. That's tough, right? You don't get to have a first class ass tattoo and then also tell me what time I have to be home. I don't believe you. <laughs> but I respect my dad because I know that my dad actually has a tattoo of a horse. Not because he loves horses, but just because that was the best shape to cover his ex-wife's name. So if my dad sees me doing something and disagrees with it, I listen to him. Because I know my dad has the ability to recognize mistakes and correct them. <laughs> I'm an only child. You guys are like, we know. I hate telling people I'm an only child because it gets one of two reactions. You either get, oh yeah, so am I. And then you guys talk about something different. Or you say, I'm an only child, and the reaction is, oh, yeah, okay, I see that. <laughs> it's very hurtful. People with siblings love to make fun of you if you're an only child, and it's like, I literally just told you I never developed the coping mechanisms to deal with teasing. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe don't do this to me right now. <laughs> Now I have, uh, I have three roommates. That is too many roommates. I want to move out. I don't even necessarily aspire to live alone, you know. I just want one roommate so I know who to be mad at. I'm getting really tired of sending passive-aggressive texts to three people when I could be sending explicitly aggressive texts to one. I'm tired of like, can everyone make sure that we all do our dishes? I want to send, will you do your dishes? I hate you. 
get right to the point. I have this one roommate who is always inviting her boyfriend over, which I guess isn't technically in breach of the lease. But is there anything worse than anyone's boyfriend? I would argue no. (laughs) Anytime I meet someone's boyfriend, he could be like a tall, handsome doctor who I've only heard good things about, and I'd still be shaking his hand like, ugh, this guy. (laughs) Texting a mutual friend like, ew, did you meet this dude she's dating? They're like, yeah, he tried to get lunch with us. I hate him. (laughs) My roommate's boyfriend, he seems so nice, but I'm always watching him because I know that at any second... He's going to ask for our HBO Go password because he cannot believe that, babe, you've never seen The Godfather? No, she hasn't. None of us have. Women, I mean. We don't want to. (laughs) Do you guys have roommates? Close neighbors for people who are doing better? You ever hear your roommates or neighbors having sex and become incredibly invested in it? Is everyone rooting for their friends? I become very invested when I hear my roommate having sex. I become especially invested in the man coming because that, of course, means we can all go to sleep. I'm Paige. Have a good night. Everyone. Uh, I was just backstage thinking of how fortunate I was to be hosting this show and how fortunate I am to bring up your next performer. Um, a lot of out-of-pocket basics like to call themselves divas, um, but your next performer is a real damn thing. Please give it up for Kieran Deal! In case you missed it, comedian Michael Ian Black is finally back here on Earwolf this time with his podcast, Obscure. In Obscure, Michael tackles a great work of literature he's never read, and you probably haven't either. He's reading one of the most well-respected books ever written, Jude the Obscure, out loud and commenting as he goes, even though he really did not want to. (laughs) But he's reading it for you, and he has a lot of thoughts to share along the way about Jude and about his own experiences. And guess what? You have to listen to this podcast, because if you, like me, Rhea Butcher... Michael Ian Black and I have the same birthday, so it's meant to be. It's all right there for you. Join Michael Ian Black, some of his famous and non-famous friends, and experts as he discovers Jude's world and a few things about his own. Recent guests include David Cross sharing his own courtship story and a conversation with Michael Showalter about playing chess and achieving goals. Subscribe to Obscure Now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Karen Neal, everyone! That was fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, you guys, your next performer. Well, I'll give you his credit, which is he's currently in a film right now called Out on Stage. It's a stand-up film that's out nationwide. Um, But more importantly, he's my best friend. Uh, and I love him with my whole heart. He was there the night that I went to a casual concert, did a bunch of Molly, and blocked my ex-boyfriend on Instagram. Um, so he means a lot to me. He's he's my sister from another mister. Please give it up for Casey Lai!
A lot of times people lie to you on stage and say one of these comics is my best friend. And um, he's one of, not my best. But Solomon Giorgio, everybody. Uh, one of my best friends. Yes, I am his Molly shaman. <laughs> I'm always like, unfortunately, I'm always like, break up with your goddamn boyfriend to anyone who ever asked when on Molly. Okay. Um, uh, guys, do you ever worry that you might be too cute to do stand-up comedy? Do you ever just look in the mirror and like, do they even care what this beauty has to say, you know? That's why I'm happy that I'm gay, because it's just a little less threatening, you know? Because otherwise I'd just be like another hot, straight, white guy. And who wants to listen to that, you know what I mean? Being gay, they're like, ooh, she's interesting. Um, but don't worry, I get put in my place all the time by straight people. They're still trying, you know? Um, I was in Vegas recently doing a show, and someone from the audience called me a faggot. Yes, I know. And also, come on, me, come on. <laughs> Nuts, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, like, to be fair to Vegas, you know, like, it can be fun. It has a lot of charms. But really, it's just like Burning Man for bigots. So <laughs> this was not that surprising, I have to say. Because <laughs> really, they're the same idea, Burning Man and Vegas. You know, it's a giant party in the desert. The only difference is that in Burning Man, you're doing expensive ketamine inside of a polyamorous orgy tent. <laughs> And in Vegas, you're doing a cheap cocaine inside of a stripper, you know? So it's not the same. It makes you aggressive, and I get that. But so I was on stage doing jokes about gay stuff because I'm a one-trick pony, and uh, someone from the audience was like, oh, yeah, well, you're going to hell because you're a faggot. And I should have been upset, but instead I started laughing because I was like, uh, I'm sorry, sir. This is Vegas. We are all going to hell. Okay, what I may or may not be doing with my butt later on tonight is like uh, the least sinful thing that's happening on the strip for sure, okay? <laughs> Fucking Chris Angel, he's got a show right down the street. He's definitely going to hell. He's a witch. <laughs> he's a motherfucking witch. He made a Lamborghini disappear one time. I can make like a dick disappear. <laughs> Maybe two, depending on how magical I'm feeling. <laughs> but being gay is a great thing, you know? It is, it's a really great thing. It's very powerful, you know? Being gay means you get to do things other people can't do. Like, I can just like Taylor Swift. You know, I can just like Taylor Swift and not have to worry about whether she's a white nationalist or not, you know? It doesn't matter to me. I'm gay. And people are like, I can't believe you like Taylor Swift. You know, the alt-right likes Taylor Swift. And it's like, yeah, because she's a blank space, baby, and anyone gets to write their name. And my name is Mrs. Casey Swift. You know, being gay means that I get to kind of body shame Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know? That's something that I get to do, you know, and this is not the right crowd for this joke, but hey, I'm still going to do it, you know, because like, oh, oh, so, you know, I could sometimes be like, oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, more like Sarah Appleby Sanders. <laughs> and look, I get it. This is, this is, I don't want to do it. I don't want to make fun of a woman for how she looks, you know, but someone was saying to me the other day that if I was to attack Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it would be an attack on all women. And I was like, that's bullshit. She's the fucking mouthpiece for Donald Trump. Every word she utters professionally is an attack on all women, okay? 
So who cares what I say about her? Who cares if I say something along the lines of like, oh, she was happy to get kicked out of a restaurant for once for something other than eating all the food. You know, like I can say these things and it's okay because I'm a gay bitch. You know what I mean? We're supposed to. Without us, how would they know? And that's the, that's the thing. It's like, look, I know that it's easier to attack women in power. I know that that's true. But, like, there's no one else. Like, you can't attack Donald Trump with words and insults. He's a fucking shit monster. Anything you say, it just makes him stronger, you know? <laughs> like, you can't fucking, like, we can't, you can't go after him for getting peed on by hookers. You can't do that. And I have, do have to say before I move on, when I found out that Donald Trump liked to get peed on by hookers, I was kind of like, it makes it more interesting to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a little humanizing, you know? It's nice to know that he has a release. Okay? I'm not shaming him because of his pee fetish. I would never do that to anyone. I shame him because he's a monster. Not because of his pee fetish. Like, if we found out that Barack Obama liked to get peed on, I'd be like, how could he get any cooler? I just don't know. I just don't know. He's number one. He's still number one. He likes number one. I love him so much. You know, but fuck Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Fuck, fuck, fuck all of these people. And again, I'm sorry that I want to make fun of the way that she looks sometimes, but she's just fucking, she's like rotten to the core. And look, it's not an attack on all women, okay? Like if I see like a BBLL out there, like a big, beautiful liberal lady, and she's saying things, <laughs> she's saying things like healthcare for all, or say it loud, say it clear, immigrants are welcome here. I'm like, you're a queen, baby. You're a fucking queen. You're a fucking queen. You're the Madonna. You're perfection. But when I see Sarah Huckabee Sanders out there being like, the media is the enemy of the people. It's like, you're an ugly Nazi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying what my fucking ears are hearing and what my eyes are seeing. You know, like the same people. You're the same people who say, oh, it's okay to punch a Nazi, but I can't call one ugly. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I took a chance. Um, <laughs> took a chance. Uh, I'm also HIV positive. Does that make it better? <laughs> yeah, I'm gay and HIV positive. Double trouble. Watch out. Uh, and uh, I can sense some of you getting uncomfortable with that. And I just want to remind you that you just found out that I'm HIV positive, not that you're HIV positive. So you can just relax and have some fun. <laughs> not too much fun, though, because that's how you get it. And I know I don't need to talk about this because uh, I'm adorable. Um, uh, and I was like, why do you have to talk about it? You don't look at it. Why does everyone have to talk about their identities all the time? And it's like, I don't know. In this day and age, you got to talk about who you are. You know, you got to stand up and be seen. Also, the last person to talk about it super publicly was Charlie Sheen. And I was like, maybe there's a better face for it than <laughs> the guy who tried the hardest to get it. You know what I mean? Maybe <laughs> there's a better face for it than that guy, you know? Um, and again, if this makes you uncomfortable in any sort of way, don't worry about it. I get that sometimes. Um, sometimes I'll be doing a show and people are like, well, this was fun, but maybe it's time to wrap it up now. And I'm like, wrap it up now? <laughs> Should have wrapped it up. All right. Well. <laughs> but on the other hand, people that will find out I'm positive and they're like, oh, you do sound fun. Because let's be real about this one fact. You have to be at least a little bit fun to get HIV, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to be, there has to be an opening, you know, like it's no more like hemophilic nuns anymore, it's just fun people, right, you know? <laughs> you know? No one who's like, not up here, hey, not down there, no, 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 nothing here, nothing here, nothing here, nothing queer, they're not gonna get it, right? But if you're a bit more like, anything goes. 
there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. If there's a chance. I'm also uncircumcised. Thank you. A lot of information coming at you. Oh, hi. Yeah, gay, HIV positive, and uncircumcised to use a Hollywood term that makes me a real triple threat. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, uh, I only bring up the uncircumcised thing because this is real. I've had more people in my life turn me down for sex because of my uncircumcised penis than for the fact that I'm HIV positive, which is progress, maybe. But... Um, <laughs> But also, it's, it's a little backwards in my mind, you know, a little fucking backwards. And their justification is always like, I just don't like, it just looks weird, sorry, it just looks weird, it's preference, it looks weird, you know, it's just, it looks like one of those monsters from the movie Tremors, you know, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> what's it gonna eat? What's it gonna eat? And that's us, because I'm like, wait, let me get this straight. My cum is poison. <laughs> And you don't want to have sex because you got a weird dick? That's backwards, okay? <laughs> and also, I don't want to belabor this point, but that's the way a penis is supposed to look, goddammit! That's how it comes out. That's how it's baked, all right? Before it's destroyed and mutilated by a fucking doctor or a moil at some point, okay? That's how it's supposed to look. All right, when, when females get circumcised, we call it genital mutilation. It's no different for boys. It's no different for boys, you know? At least my dick is intact. Full of poison, sure, but intact. <laughs> they do say the one benefit to having an uncircumcised penis is that it keeps you from getting STDs. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but I talk about all of this stuff because I want you to know that I'm fine. And um, um, enough, a lot of people are talking about HIV in this day and age because everyone is generally fine. The medicine is so good. You know, I take one pill a day. It's delicious. And um, I'm going to live forever. I'm not, maybe not forever, but definitely longer than most of the straight male comics you've ever seen. They are disgusting. <laughs> it's like a parade of heart disease on stages every night. You know what I mean? I'm doing fine. I take one pill a day, a couple pills of Molly a month, and I'm thriving. <laughs> Fucking thriving. Um, but back to that circumcision thing again. It's nuts. <laughs> oh, the other thing was, like, I'm also a Scorpio, and I was reading a chart the other day that said that Scorpios are more prone to get STDs, and I was like, see, Mom and Dad, it wasn't my fault. It was the stars. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> stars did this to me. Fucking <laughs> stars did it to me. Actually, it was a thruple in San Francisco, but, uh... <clears throat> anyway, you guys know what a thruple is? It's three people who are all in a relationship together because people who live in San Francisco are the worst. All right. I like to say I got HIV from a family. <laughs> uh, but back to the circumcision thing, like it is not that it's still around, you know? And really the only uh, real reason these days beyond the STD thing is it's, uh, it's a religious thing. You know, in the Jewish faith, you cut the tip off of your baby's penis and you offer it up to God. The question of course remains, what does God want with all that baby dick? What's he doing with it? What is he doing with it? I don't know. No one knows his religion, though, so you can speculate. Perhaps God is up in heaven, and he's got, like, bowls and bowls of little ringlets of baby dick that he eats like calamari. I don't know what. It's just so good. He's Italian. He's Jewish. He's God. Hey, he's whoever he wants. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I do know that it's true. That if, they, if you listen close enough to heaven, you're going to hear God singing. 
I want my baby dick, baby dick, baby dick. I want my baby dick. It was a chilly stroke the whole goddamn time. But thank you all very much. My name is Casey Lye. This is a wonderful show. One more time for Casey Lye, everyone. What a spectacular show that was, wasn't it? Give it up for yourselves. Guess what? Put your hands together. We'll be here every Tuesday. Next Tuesday, for sure. Maybe Cameron and Rhea will be here. That's only a surprise that I'll keep to myself. Uh, so if you're visiting, maybe come back. And guys, give it up for yourselves. I love you guys. You guys are so wonderful. I'm Solomon Giorgio. Have a goddamn good night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Miss Jones Baking Co. is proud to present the world's first line of microwavable organic desserts in a cup. Just add water and microwave for 30 seconds to get a fresh baked cake that's less than 200 calories. Or try their award-winning fudgy brownie in a cup and make a warm brownie sundae in less than a minute. Ready to taste the magic? Use code PYHT at MissJones.co to get two free desserts in a cup with any online purchase. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, Jazos! (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.